What's up and welcome back to the Secret Sauce Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Swing. I'm fired up to share that Amanda Finnegan from a Chick-fil-A in the Houston, Texas market is joining me today. Here's why I'm so fired up. Amanda is one of the most intentional, growth-minded young leaders that I know. Guess what, everybody? We are officially in 2024, and many of you, like me, have been thinking a lot about how you want to grow in the coming year. Whether you call them habits, resolutions, goals, we're all searching for ways to become the better version of ourselves and make a more significant impact on all the people that are around us. Problem is that according to the Fisher College of Business at Ohio State University, only 9% of Americans accomplish what they set out to do at the beginning of the year, 9%. of people give up on their aspirations after the first week and 43% have called it quits by the end of January. The second Friday in January is actually called Quitter's Day due to the amount of people that give up on these aspirations. Why is that? Why do people give up so quickly? Well, I think it's because new ideas and dreams are really fun and exciting, but actions and success are actually really hard. They're scary. They're boring. They require tons of consistency. Well, this conversation could not have come at a more perfect time because Amanda is a leader who takes action. Whether creating habits of daily grace and humility, getting out of her comfort zone to meet people that she can learn from, becoming a Chick-fil-A owner operator one day, or starting an English class for Spanish speakers while knowing very little Spanish. What separates Amanda from, from most leaders that I know is she doesn't just think it or say it, she actually does it. I guarantee you will walk away from this episode fired up to take action on whatever is most important to you in your life or your money back. Let's jump into the conversation. Amanda Finnegan, welcome to the podcast. How does it feel to be the youngest guest on the Secret Sauce podcast ever? <laughs> I'm super honored. Definitely never would have thought in a million years that I would be a guest on the podcast. Definitely super honored and privileged to be here. The honor is all mine. I think it's really cool how we actually got the chance to meet a couple months back. I was at the Houston Leadership Conference. I was walking into the venue, me and my wife, Erin, and Amanda took the initiative to come up and say like, hey, I listened to the podcast. It's been a great source of inspiration and encouragement for my growth. And we just immediately hit it off. We've had the opportunity to have a couple conversations post-conference just about different leadership stuff that's happening in our lives. And through those conversations, I just made the decision based on the level of leader that you are. I think it's really impressive, especially with the age that you're at, Amanda, the amount of wisdom that you already have on the leadership side of things. So I know that listeners to this podcast are going to benefit greatly from getting to hear you talk today. My first question is going to be a little different take on my typical favorite sauce question. I know that as a as a team member inside of Chick-fil-A, you get the opportunity to experiment a little bit and try a lot of different combinations. So I'm going to ask you, Amanda, what is the best sauce plus food combination together? What's the best thing? In full transparency, I've worked at Chick-fil-A for about two and a half years now. And I've never tried any of our sauces. So my favorite sauce food combo is actually just ketchup and chicken nuggets. What? And I know that's like disgraceful and I'm sorry, but that's just, I've always loved ketchup. And the way I see it or the way I sell it, I guess, 
is I don't want to take the sauces from the guests because sometimes we run out. It's crazy like that sometimes. So if I'm not eating them, there's more for the guests. But yeah, to this day, I've never tried Chick-fil-A sauce or any of our sauces. (laughs) Man, always thinking about others, even when it comes to sauce. That is the wildest thing that I have ever heard on the podcast, Amanda. (laughs) I'm, I'm in disbelief. I'm in shock right now. You just shocked the entire audience. We've got to get you to try some of the sauces, man. It just needs to happen. I know that you probably love ketchup. Ketchup on nuggets, though. Come on. We got we got to try some of these things. <laughs> One day. One, One day. day. I want to I want to talk about your secret sauce for leadership, Amanda. And I know there's probably a couple of key ingredients to your secret sauce for leadership, but I'd love to hear if you were to detail right now the way that Amanda impacts her team the most inside of, of Chick-fil-A and outside of Chick-fil-A, what would the name of that sauce be? How would you label it? Yeah, for sure. I have honestly thought about this type of thing a lot, even in the past before I worked at Chick-fil-A. It's kind of the cliche, what's your life Bible verse? But for me, that verse that's kind of stuck with me, that's been a common thread throughout my story is found in Acts chapter 20, verse 24. And it's where Paul the Apostle is actually leaving Ephesus and he's talking to the elders of the church. And he says, he's talking about all the tribulation and everything that he expects to go through at the next place that he's going to share the gospel. And he says, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task that the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. And so ever since I read that verse and it really hit me for the first time, probably a few years ago, and then even in my journey with Chick-fil-A and in my role that I'm currently in at work and even just in my personal life, that's really the center of everything that I try to live out of is just God's grace. What does it look like to be fueled by God's grace, to let that fuel my decisions, how I view others, how I view myself? I recently thought of this metaphor, and I don't think I've ever actually explained this to another person, so this might just sound really silly or make no sense, but we're about to find out. Go for it. Go for it. If you think about like a gumball machine and how going to a gumball machine and getting a gumball out is a quarter or whatever it is, that's a one-time experience, right? So if you think of God's grace as a gumball in the gumball machine, then you're just constantly going to be having these experiences in life and then having to go ask for forgiveness from God or go fix a mistake that you made or go try something differently. And you're treating God's grace like a gumball. That's a one-time experience. But what I've come to learn in my life is I really believe that God's grace is more like the owner of the gumball factory inviting you to have ownership in the business with him. And you get to go to the gumball factory and be a part of making the entire thing happen. And that's not a one-time experience. That's a lifestyle. So God calls me to be co-owner of the gumball factory, not just go get one gumball every now and then when I want one. And that's a totally different perspective. And so that's kind of what helps me frame God's grace in a way that says, this isn't just something that I go and get a little bit of when I need it. This is like the core of my being. This is the center of my life, the center of my story. Everything flows from this. Like it has to be Christ or nothing. Anything good that comes from me is only Christ. It's not me. And so honestly, that's just my secret sauce. That's God's grace for me. That's what fuels me. That's what keeps me going. That's what determines how I view and treat others. Because when I realize that I really don't deserve kindness and God has shown me kindness anyway, that's what empowers me to show kindness to others. That's what empowers me to show kindness to 
people on my team to show kindness to myself in my worst and weakest moments. That's what allows me to show kindness to the person that's yelling at me in the drive-thru on a shift, you know, whatever it may be, that's what frames the way that I live my life is, is God's grace. And that's so powerful. The illustration hit home for me. So let's keep using it. I think it, it got the pass here. We were actually at a Mexican restaurant last night with my family. Everybody has their Mexican restaurant that they go to. Like, you know the place. And we specifically go to this place because they have a gumball machine, Amanda. My kids <laughs> love it. They can't wait to finish their tacos so they can go grab a gumball out of the gumball machine. And so I have recent recency bias to the illustration here. But I'm imagining how excited they get about they're getting their gumball from the gumball machine, taking them to a gumball factory. I'm sure it's like far less magical than it sounds. I'm imagining like bright colors everywhere, like Willy Wonka. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think such a beautiful illustration of we're just, we're not created just to get a gumball at a time and put quarters in a machine, but we are called to be distributors of the gumballs to, like you said, give that kindness freely to others, even when they don't always deserve it. I recently heard uh, Craig Rochelle talking about somebody asking him, like, how do you keep going after all these years that you've been doing this and all the people that you've inspired, like what keeps you motivated? And he leaned in and he said, it's not all about me is what keeps me going. It's about other people, which is a lot of what you're communicating Mm -hmm. here, Amanda. Man, repeat the life verse one more time for the audience. I want to make sure everybody heard the verse from Acts. Do you mind saying that again? Yeah, it's Acts 20, 24. And it says, Paul saying, However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. That's good. I want to talk about your growth journey for a second, Amanda. And I know wholeheartedly that you have fully adopted the growth mindset and how you're pushing yourself to continuously grow and be the best version of Amanda. When did that start? Where did that start? You're younger in your leadership journey. What I know is that there's a lot of younger leaders listening to this podcast. It's kind of spread like crazy. And while certainly I know there's a lot of operators out there that are listening, there's a lot of leaders on their teams that are listening. And maybe, who knows, like this episode, it may be the first time somebody's listening to a podcast episode because their operator shared it with them. (laughs) But I love to hear like, how did that journey start for you? Talk me through, like, was there any hesitancy to jump in? What obstacles went your way? What challenges existed in you just fully adopting this, this growth mindset that you now have? Yeah, for sure. I think, honestly, I'm kind of going to back up the question a bit because I think it has kind of been throughout my whole life that it's kind of built up to this point, hmm. understandably. So prior to Chick-fil-A, I was in school studying psychology at my university, and I was actually wholeheartedly planning to go into the mental health field. I had known since eighth grade that I wanted to study psychology. Later in high school, I started doing church internships. So I was really passionate about church ministry and counseling, kind of helping bridge the gap between physical and mental health, those types of things. That was very much my passion was just helping people in the darkest time in their life, whatever that was for them, whatever way that they needed that support and help. So by the time I was about halfway through my degree in psychology, my bachelor's, I decided that I was going to get a master's in social work. Fast forward to 2021, and I found out that I was going to be able to graduate a bit early. 
And so I took on a couple more classes and I had started working at Chick-fil-A in April of 2021 because a new store had just opened next to my, next to my university. And I just really needed a summer job. I was going to finish school that December. And I was like, man, I just need a job over the summer. I was desperate for anything, couldn't find anything that I really wanted to do. So I ended up just getting a job at Chick-fil-A and found out that I really loved it. I never thought that I would be in fast food service or the food industry and just really loved the people that I was able to interact with on a daily basis, the people that I was able to work with that had totally different backgrounds than I did that I never would have known if I wasn't working in this restaurant, in this role. And so around September, I'm applying for grad schools. Well, one grad school, really, at University of Houston, because they're the only one with a master's in social work in person. And so I was applying for grad school full speed ahead. I had this plan for the past like eight years of my life, right? And my operator, Stephen Kinney, walked by me in the store one day. I was sitting there doing homework and he walked by and was just kind of making small talk and asking me about my plans, stuff like that. And he said to me something that genuinely changed the trajectory of my life, just this one sentence. He said, you know, sometimes I do more social work than a social worker. <laughs> and I was like, okay, whatever, Stephen. Haha. <laughs> so funny. Well, that conversation kind of just started me on a path of reevaluating my life plan and thinking, is this actually something that God put on my heart to do? Or does God have something different in mind? And turns out God had something different in mind. So what ended up happening was I graduated that December. I continued working at Chick-fil-A. I ended up getting promoted into the role that I'm currently still in to this day, which is scheduling lead of my store. So I make the schedule for this whole store and I help lead shifts and just work in operations most of the week, which I love present day now, I am working towards hopefully applying for LDP and becoming an operator myself one day, God willing. And that might not happen. I might leave Chick-fil-A and do something totally different in six months or a year or five years. I have no idea. And that's really the thing that that experience taught me was that it's not that I'm leaving one life plan behind and then latching on to a new one. Like that's what my flesh wants to do. But I, in my heart, I know I have to continue holding things with an open hand because God might have something different. Really the biggest turning point in my life, the biggest thing that led me to where I am presently today, both inside of Chick-fil-A and outside of it is the fact that about a year ago now I went through a divorce. So I am very young. I'm 22, about to turn 23. I got married pretty young, obviously at 20. And that was about a year and two months of being married. And just learning that things do not always go the way that you hope and pray and expect. Prior to my experience, I was very judgmental of divorce and of people that were divorced. And God has a way of humbling us. And this was definitely a humbling experience for me. But yeah, just in a nutshell, the past two years of my life were extremely difficult. Definitely the biggest challenge that I've ever faced. A lot of just really, really dark, deep hurt moments and points in the timeline for me. Very difficult on all of my other relationships. I was having crying breakdowns at work all the time. People probably had no clue why. Just all these things were happening and realizing the things that I couldn't control actually far outnumber the things that I can control. And ultimately realizing that life is not something that happens to me. I don't have to just let life happen to me. I can live my life as a child of God, by the grace of God, 
with faith every day, right? To make decisions with the best information that I have at the time, to accept support from the people around me, to really just embrace the parts of my story that are icky and messy and didn't go the way that I wanted them to go. Genuinely, when I look at the past year of my life, that was really the turning point going through divorce and kind of having my life plan crumble around me, right? This picture of what I thought the rest of my life was going to look like is not how it happened. After that, I really went through a few months of just grieving and processing a lot of things. I was still working at Chick-fil-A, been in this role. That's one of the biggest constants has been my team. And so I'm really, really grateful for them. My operator, my other supervisors, Stephen, Brandon, Jake, Jose, just all of my coworkers, just really awesome people that are really there for me to lean on. Even that is part of the reason I want to be an operator, right, is to have that same impact on others, to be able to be that person to lean on for others in the future, whatever they're going through, is really just letting go of that control, letting go of trying to control people's emotions, letting go of trying to control my circumstances, like making decisions and letting that be the thing that I can control is just my choices letting go of trying to control people's opinions or views of me. Because when you do that, that's what opens the door to start having these experiences of meeting Josh Swing at Houston Leader Conference and being on a podcast that I never thought I would be on and having conversations with different operators and looking at LDP, but also knowing maybe God has something different than Chick-fil-A and being okay with that. Really just taking every opportunity each day to share the things that are on my heart with the people around me, because that's the best I can do. And that's what God is giving me today is just the people in front of me. And so if I'm not being faithful to those people, that those opportunities that God is giving me today, how am I going to be faithful if he gives me the chance to be an operator or something else down the road, right? I don't really know if I've answered the question. I've gotten to the end of this explanation and I'm thinking about the question about growth mindset, but honestly, I don't know if any of that makes sense in, in relation to the question, but that's honestly what immediately came to my mind just and is on my heart to share related to that because I think maybe for anyone's experience that has a growth mindset and is pushing the boundaries of their comfort zone, it's probably because maybe you're like me and you've experienced something in life that has fueled that and that has led you to change and have a shift in maybe your self-view, your self-image, which is really what happened for me. My thought life used to be garbage and now God has really redeemed that to where I'm able to actually follow what scripture says, take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ, right? To actually take ownership of my thoughts, take ownership of my actions and take ownership of the opportunities that God has given me every day. And really powerful. A couple of things that I want to follow up with. Amanda, number one, thank you for being vulnerable and sharing your story with our audience. I know that there are people listening that are going through hard things and we never know what those things are, right? Until we do. And I think you answered the question really successfully because really when I think about the shift into a growth mindset, it's really throwing off the value that you put on other people's perception of you. And through some of the challenges that you went through, you said, no, I'm not, I'm not going to let these things define me. I'm going to let these things fuel the person that I want to become. And you, mm-hmm. you flipped it, right? Something that somebody may have been ashamed of sharing. Now it's, it's something that you get to share is something that propelled you forward as rocket fuel to the Amanda that you are today. And so, yeah, really appreciate you sharing that with the audience. 
Number two, shout out Stephen Kenny. Stephen's a friend. Love the subtle, like, <laughs> hey, you know, I do more social work than most social workers. <laughs> um, how that led your thought process to move into operator. I also think it's a superpower to move through life and the way that you move through life, Amanda, open-handedly, to hold things open-handedly and say, I want to impact lives with my life. I want to make a difference in the lives of others, whether that's through social work or being a Chick-fil-A operator or something else that I'm not aware of yet. That's okay. Can I impact countless people's lives owning and operating a Chick-fil-A? Yes. Can I do that not owning and operating a Chick-fil-A? Also, yes. And, And so I think using the phrase, like, I don't mind what happens. Do I want to work towards stuff? Absolutely. But I think entering into any of those situations and saying, hey, this isn't going to define me. It's not going to prevent me from living a fulfilled life and carrying out my purpose mm-hmm. on this earth, I think is is really powerful. So man, so much good stuff in there. Thank you for sharing a, a portion of your story with us, Amanda. Again, I want to talk about your role within the Chick-fil-A team. I know you've stepped into a a scheduling lead role where you're, gosh, it gives me anxiety thinking about what you do on a daily basis and like (laughs) putting the puzzle pieces all together to line up scheduling with everybody. What are some of the things, if you had to list like two or three things that you've learned through this process of stepping up and taking more ownership in a leadership capacity, what are some of the things that you've learned here recently as you stepped into that role? It gives me anxiety too. (laughs) Been doing it for almost two years and I still feel like I just started, to be honest. And that's leading into the big picture takeaway kind of summary that I would say of the things that I've learned because I could list a thousand different random details, but it's all brought together under the umbrella of the perspective that I've gained about humility. And it's really just the humility that this role has taught me. And so I've come to see humility, not as a one-time pill that I take that cures everything. It is actually a daily prescription that I am given by God every single day, different times in the day, maybe multiple times a day, but it is a prescription that has to be renewed willingly and taken willingly. And man, oh man, is that medicine hard to swallow. I recently sat down with Stephen, with my operator. We were looking at some different things on Hot Schedules, the scheduling platform that we use, And I realized that I've been doing this for almost two years and I didn't even know some of the things you can do on this platform. Literally just the way that you can view the page when you're making the schedule. I had, there's like a smart view that when I first started looked kind of dumb to me. It didn't look that smart. And so I was like, you know, this doesn't work for me. I'm just not going to use it. And I never tried using it. And then I come to find out it's actually a lot easier. (laughs) (laughs) And so, I mean, this is literally a few weeks ago. So you can imagine how embarrassing that feels to be sitting there with your operator being like, yeah, I actually have not tried this and didn't even know that this was functionality on this app. So that was hard. And there's just been so many things like that along the way where as soon as you think that you have it down, you don't. And that's my biggest lesson and takeaway from this role. And honestly, what I'm grateful for, as painful as it can be, as I've heard someone say growth has the word owl right there in the middle. So you can expect growth to be painful, but just learning that I'm never going to arrive at perfection as a person or in any singular area of my life. Because as much as I would love to say that, ah, yes, I've been doing this for two years and now I can make the perfect schedule. That's just so far from the truth because there's so many 
factors that go into it. There's so much change that happens on a weekly, monthly basis in the business. People leaving, business changing, catering changing, staffing changing, leadership changing, just all these things are constantly flowing and ebbing and flowing, you know? And so there's always opportunity to improve, to get feedback. As myself on a personal level, I definitely am a control freak, both in terms of the details of something practically and with people. I definitely want to control people's emotions, even though I can't. So, you know, in the beginning, especially with making the schedule, trying to people please and not step on anybody's toes was big for me. But then I swung the pendulum too far the other way. And I was kind of just stomping on everybody being like, no, this is how it's going to be. And so that was not good either. And it's just honestly been a roller coaster of a couple of years, but it all just goes back to humility. Just that continual daily dose of like, you know what, let me take a step back, ask God to show me where my weakness is, ask him to make his power perfected in that weakness. And how can I go from there? What are the next steps to be faithful with what God has shown me about my own heart? That's good. Humility is the obvious theme there that you're talking about. I'm also hearing a lot of empathy with you talking about the pendulum swinging from like being too much of a pushover to then being like too much of a drill sergeant and like my way or the highway technique. And there's, right, you got to lead from the middle in a lot of different areas of life. And it's a great example of that. Like, how do I give truth, but with, with humility and empathy for other people? One of my favorite things about you, Amanda, is I would say that you are an initiator, like you're willing to ask, you know, and to step out. And as Ryan Leake would say, who's a good friend, like chase failure, like go after things that where you may get told no, or it may come down in a spiral, a death spiral and explode at the bottom. But who cares, right? We're going to learn from it. (laughs) I even think about like you being willing to step up and be like, Hey, Josh, we've never met before, but I listened to the podcast and I'm a huge fan of it. Reaching out recently to, I think, Stuart Tracy, who is the executive chef at Chick-fil-A Corporate, who actually came up with the hot honey pepper pimento cheese sandwich. Walk me through that mindset and that mentality and just the value that you place on mentorship and seeking help from other people. Yeah, for sure. I think it goes all the way back to just growing up, especially in church and being very plugged in with community, discipleship being a really big thing. So kind of that one-on-one meeting with someone or meeting with a very small group of people to grow in your faith, grow as a person. That was always something that was emphasized a lot in my life growing up. And so honestly, the people that have had the biggest impact on me to this day are just the small group leaders at my church that were volunteers that these women sat and listened to seventh grade Amanda blab on about who knows what and just supporting (laughs) me through that, you know, or the friends that I had that maybe were a little bit older than me and I didn't expect to give me semblance of attention or anything. And they actually befriended me and walked alongside me through a lot of things in my formative years. You know, it's the people that I have still in my life, my closest friends, Um, my best friend, Colleen, she is someone that's had a huge impact on me just walking through life with me. And so having that influence first, and then, you know, more recently in in my walk, my journey with Chick-fil-A, going to the Houston Leader Conference, that was kind of a pivotal moment for me, because I really started thinking, man, there's a lot of just wisdom and goodness out there to learn. 
And of course, as you mentioned in your, your speech at the conference, you know, learning without action is just entertainment. So really taking that to heart and really thinking like, man, I know that networking is a good thing to do, but how do I do this in a way that glorifies God and that accomplishes the bigger picture goals that I have where I want to not just network for the sake of doing something that's good for Amanda to develop her professional career, you know, but like what's going to add eternal value to my life and to the lives of those around me. And something that Stephen actually talked to me about recently was just this idea of absorbing wisdom and information, not just for the sake of yourself, but for the sake of the person that you might encounter today Mm -hmm. that needs to hear that. Maybe I'm learning something on a podcast that I don't need to know for myself. Maybe it won't really hit me, but then later I talk to somebody and that's the exact thing that they need to hear. And now I can share it with them. And I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't listened to that podcast. And I've actually experienced that so many times already where I'm able to pack something on to someone else that in that moment, I think to myself, you know what, God, I don't think this is for me. I think this is for them. And so thank you for allowing me to learn that and giving me the ability to share that with them. And I share it and then leave it in God's hands to for him to develop that in the other person, because it's not my job to control anyone else's growth journey. It's just my job to be faithful to what God puts on my heart to to listen to or to to do, talk to the people that I feel led to talk to. So it's really what it's been. And I want to thank you profusely. And I think you probably don't even realize how big of an impact you've had on this whole journey that I've had these past few months of connecting with different people. Because as you mentioned, uh, from my perspective at Leader Conference going into it, I just started getting into podcasts this year and I had recently found the Secret Sauce podcast and was really enjoying it. And then I found out that I was going to be able to have the privilege of going to the conference and found out you were going to be a keynote speaker. And I was like, kind of just in the back of my mind, I thought, man, wouldn't it be cool if I could meet Josh Swing? host of the Secret Sauce podcast at this conference. Well, I find out there's like 500 people going to this conference and I'm like, all right, there's no way I'm going to get to talk to him, but it would just be cool. Well, then you walk by me in the lobby. We're just waiting. I'm waiting with my fellow team members from my store and I see you walk by. I'm like, all right, now's my chance. So I just go up and I'm like, hey, I listened to your podcast. It's pretty cool. I felt super short because you're a basketball player, so you're you're tall. Um, (laughs) But I just introduced myself. But really what made the difference for me and what was the pivotal moment for me was after the first session, Dan Cathy had given his keynote speech and there was a time afterwards where there was a quick Q&A and I was selected to ask a question. So I stood up and asked some question to Dan Cathy. Well, I was walking out after that session just ended and you were standing near the door and you saw me walk out and you said, hey, Amanda, that was a great question you asked. And I was blown away because I was like, man, number one, this guy remembered my name. Number two, he interacted with me when he has no reason to show any care for me whatsoever, like gave me a compliment. And so then when you gave your keynote speech, you shared your link tree and I was able to schedule a meeting to connect with you on Zoom a couple weeks after the conference. And you were the first person that I really, quote unquote, networked with, you know, that I was able to connect with and talk to that I had really no reason to talk to. I mean, you had no reason to talk to me or set aside time for me, but you were willing to to do that. And after that, I asked you to connect with me with Maggie Malone because she was someone on your podcast that I really resonated with what she shared. So I got to talk with Maggie on the phone. 
Well, then I got on LinkedIn and then I found Hampton Dorch, who also works at WildSpark. I got to connect with him. I found Stuart Tracy on LinkedIn, got to connect with him. I started listening to Hampton's Wake Up and Lead podcast, also a great podcast to listen to, and heard Josh Etress. So then I called Josh Etress. And so I'm just like talking to all these people and then I'm finding people that are currently in LDP or about to start LDP. Sadie Winters, talk to her. Alex Gonzalez, just talk to him. He's going to start soon. And so getting to connect with all these people and all of the wisdom and so much good stuff that I've learned from them and actually applied to my life all started just because I met Josh Swing and he had an impact on me because you actually showed care. Like you weren't just some cool celebrity podcast guy who showed up and did a speech and left. Like you actually showed up for the people that were there and you're actually living your life in such a way that you're making time for someone that you don't even have to make time for. You have no ulterior motive. I'm not offering you anything (laughs) other than just wanting to learn from you. And so I just really appreciate that. And like I said, I don't want to share that with you because I don't, I don't think you know how much of an impact that had, but for all the people listening, I share that story because it was a very simple thing just to simple, not easy. (laughs) It never gets easier to walk up to a stranger and introduce yourself. Right. But facing that fear, you never know where it can lead. Because I never would have thought that just meeting this one guy would lead to all these other people that I've met, all these conversations, all this wisdom being shared, all this value being added to my life that I'm so grateful to God for. And it all started just that one conversation. So I just want to encourage anyone listening, just do that one thing. Just introduce yourself to that one person, message that one person on LinkedIn that looks interesting. And you have literally no reason to message them other than they look interesting. I do that all the time. And uh, you never know what God is going to do with that. That's so good. We have a phrase that we use here internally at WildSpark very frequently, and it's it's we connect because we care, like we genuinely care. And that's, in my mind, I mean, that's the only reason that you need, right? You don't have to have this like ulterior motive to go and be intentional about engaging somebody in conversation. Just Just connect because you care. It's the way that I live my life. It goes back to what you said earlier, like I don't deserve the level of care that I've been given by God. It's a responsibility that I have to then extend that level of care to other people. And I'm extremely flattered. Thank you so much for all the kind words that you said. And yeah, I would double down on your encouragement to everybody that's listening. You're probably thinking about that person in your life that's like one or two steps ahead of you, or they're like in the spot that you want to be in eventually. And you may be thinking to yourself like, oh, there's no way like they'd want to talk to me or what do I have to offer that person? Well, I don't think that there is a person that you can't learn something from. So you do have something to Mm -hmm. offer in that conversation. Amanda, I've learned a ton from you from getting to chat with you. And why not shoot your shot? Like what's the worst that can happen, right? They say no, or they don't respond to you, right? Great, like no harm done. I'll just move on to the next thing or to the next person. And so you've modeled that extremely well. Amanda, I'm inspired by the way that you seek out connection with others. So I hope everybody else is too running running from this podcast to go talk to that person, whoever that person is. The last thing that I want to talk about here as we wrap up is you started doing something that's like not necessarily in your job responsibility with the team there. And everybody knows if you work inside of a Chick-fil-A setting, there's an increasing number of Spanish-speaking people on our teams now. And there's so much value that they have in things that they can add to our to our teams, the people who are, are speaking Spanish predominantly. But there is a language barrier that exists because there's English and there's Spanish and it's hard to communicate. 
at times. And instead of just being like, ah, this is hard. Like, let's just keep showing up and battling through it. You were like, no, let's help each other understand each other, Amanda. So you started an, an English class with your team internally. Do you mind sharing what that looks like for everybody and how you went about starting that? Yeah, for sure. So I had this idea probably over a year ago now where we have a lot of team members that either only speak Spanish or a lot of uh, even almost all of our leadership team is bilingual. And part of it is just the demographic of where we live. I live in one of the most diverse counties in the entire nation, which is a huge blessing. It's been super cool growing up in this area. But yeah, our Chick-fil-A's are definitely very heavy on the Spanish. And so it's really awesome because I've gotten to practice my Spanish a lot more. I studied Spanish for like three years in high school. So I speak relatively decently conversational Spanish but I would definitely not categorize myself as fluent by any stretch of the imagination. I do my best on a day-to-day basis in the restaurant, but yeah, maybe a year ago, you know, I would have team members, a lot of our our kitchen team members that only speak Spanish that would say, oh, I want to practice my English more, or they would ask me questions about English or something like that. And I would think to myself, man, what if we had just like a fun group or a class where we could just practice English and kind of have a language exchange. Like I can practice my Spanish, you can practice your English, that sort of thing. And, and I never really acted on it. I was just like, yeah, it's too much work or whatever was the hindrance at that time. Well, it came back up after leader conference, actually, when I started thinking about what I wanted my next steps to be so that it wasn't just entertainment, what I was learning. I actually wanted to put action behind it. And so one of the things that was kind of an option of something that I could pursue was that idea that I'd had a year ago doing an English class. And so I just started praying about it. And for a few weeks, I was just praying. And it was funny because I had so many conversations where people said something like that. They were just like, oh man, I wish I knew more English or I wish I had somewhere to practice or I wish I could take classes, but I don't have time or I don't have money or whatever it may be. So I was like, you know what? I think I'm just going to do this. And I kind of knew going into it, I should probably get people on board with this before I start it so that I'm not trying to do it solo. And as Josh Etress has told me, uh, weigh in equals buy-in you know, so asking feedback on something and kind of bringing people alongside you with an idea as you do it is a better way to go about it. So that's the disclaimer here. But in this case, I was like, you know what, I had this idea a long time ago. And I feel like if I procrastinate anymore, I'm not going to do it. So I'm going to roll with my impulsivity (laughs) and just start it. So I literally threw together a flyer on Canva I said, hey, we're going to do this Sundays at 2 p.m. Got permission from my operator to do it in our store and said, hey, we're going to do this. We're just going to like play games and do some activities and practice English. So come if you want to learn more English. Come if you already speak English. Just come and we'll see what happens. And then I prayed a lot (laughs) and about 13 or 14 people ended up coming to the first one on September 3rd. And so we've met every Sunday since then. And we've never had less than 12 people. And usually it's 12 Spanish speakers and me, the English speaker, it's pretty simple. Like, let's be realistic here. I'm not teaching people English in one hour a week on Sundays, you know, but really our mission, you know, that I kind of created to center the class is just being a catalyst for growth and having fun doing it. 
right? That's all we want to do. I just want to help the people around me grow and for us to just be able to have fun doing it. And it's been really cool to see the ownership that they've taken of it because one of kind of the guiding principles going into it was just, I want them to have input on what we do because I don't want to just come in and say, oh, we're going to do these things if no one's enjoying it, right? So the first week, for example, we practiced some basic conversational questions, introductory questions in English, practice conversation. We played Pictionary where they had to draw the word and then they had to shout it out in English, right? And then I found a way to apply my passion for music in the Chick-fil-A context, which will probably never happen again. But I literally brought my guitar. I had never played guitar in public before, but I brought my guitar to the restaurant and I sang a song in English and Spanish for them. And that actually became a fundamental part of it. So now every week uh, we pick a different song and we sing it sometimes in Spanish first and then in English and they sing along so that we can practice English through song. And really just it's, the goal is for it to be group motivated, self-led learning throughout the week. Cause I think we all know trying to accomplish something alone is a huge task. Learning a language is like a mountain that you're having to climb up. Right. Especially English. English is honestly such a dumb language. It doesn't make any sense. There's no consistency in the rules or the pronunciation. I'm like, honestly, I have so much respect for people that are trying to learn English because it's, it's difficult. And so doing that alone is a lot, but when you do it, throughout the week. And then you come on Sundays and you have a group of people that are doing it with you and you're reminded, Hey, I'm not alone. Hey, I can have fun doing this. I can just listen to music and practice English. I can just play a game and practice English. I have people that I can ask questions to that are cheering me on that want more for me than maybe I want for myself. That's what's going to make the difference. And that's kind of the takeaway that I want to share with other people as well is like, I'm not saying this has been like the best idea ever and it's going perfectly and here's the formula for how to do it. Like everyone should have English class for their Chick-fil-A's. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that if you have something on your heart, go and do it. Don't be like me. Don't sit on it for a year and then go do it. Like do it. It's on your heart for a reason. You had that idea for a reason. God wants to use that. It might not be English class for you. It might be something different. It might be using WildSpark if that's something that your store has looked into or might want to look into. Shout out, WildSpark is awesome. Y'all should definitely look into it. But it, you know, it might be something totally different. It might just be a, a chess club. I don't know if there's a bunch of people that like chess. It might be going and having soccer matches. That's something else our stores do. We go have, some of our team members will go have soccer matches. You know, whatever it is, like whatever gets you fired up, go do that. Don't just let it be an idea in your mind. Let it be an action that God can use in the lives of other people. That's so good and so encouraging to think about, Amanda. I think we can have perfection paralysis. You know, we feel like, oh, it's got to be this perfect laid out approach if we're going to do it. And I think it is important to operate with excellence and should try to do everything well. But it's so important to get started. You can't get better unless you get started. And mm -hmm. your willingness to just like jump in and be like, hey, we're just going to do Duolingo in the week. And then we're going to show up and we're going to sing songs and we're going to play Pictionary and we're going to hang out together, I think is a huge win. And who knows what that will continue to morph and evolve into. And I agree with you 100%. People grow best in community with each other. It's just where growth happens. If I like, if I'm like, oh, I'm going to start running more. And if it's just me, I am so likely to hit snooze three times and not go on that run because I'm only letting down myself. But if I know that Amanda's in my run group and all of you listening are in my running group and y'all are going to text me how disappointed you are if I don't show up, I'm much <laughs> more likely to follow through and to show up and 
to get out of bed when that that alarm actually goes off. This has been extremely encouraging, Amanda. I know we need to wrap it up. And so I'd love for you to leave us with any parting wisdom you have as you think about the operators that are listening or you think about the leader in the restaurant that's listening to this podcast episode. What would you want them to remember walking away from this? If there's one thing that they could remember and and anything else, how, how can they connect with Amanda and whatever else you want to share is parting wisdom here. For sure. Yeah. Honestly, especially as I'm more involved in like LinkedIn and connecting with more people and seeing a lot more just content that's out there, there's no shortage of advice and tips and tricks and everything. You can go read all the books, listen to all the podcasts, get all the wisdom. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not hating on anybody putting out that content or anything. But at the end of the day, the thing that sticks with me the most the thing that I want to communicate to every person that comes into contact with me and the person, the thing that I want every person listening to this to remember is just simply you're loved, you're wanted. I believe that the God of the Bible is real, that he wants a relationship with you. If you've not experienced God's grace, I challenge you literally as soon as this podcast episode ends, that you would just hit pause and that you would just pray and say, Hey God, would you let me experience your grace today or this week or this year? And just see what happens. I mean, what are you scared of? What's the worst that happens? Nothing. Maybe you've already experienced God's grace. Maybe you do know Christ already. Maybe you want nothing to do with religion or faith or God. Just try it anyway. I mean, really, I just challenge you to try it anyway, because God's grace is what has changed my life. And I hope and pray that that's what's going to change yours. And so that's what I want to leave everyone with. And As far as connecting with me, I would love to meet anyone listening to this podcast because you're probably super cool. I am on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active on there. But if you are not on LinkedIn, I would love to steal an idea from Josh Etress. And I'm actually going to leave my phone number, not because I think anyone necessarily will want to talk to me. Who knows? But I want to talk to you. So my phone number is 832-472-7582. And you can just call me or text me your name and that you heard me on the podcast, but I would love to meet with you and connect with you. And I know that there was so much that you talked about, Amanda, that people may have questions about. So just prepare yourself to be bombarded (laughs) (laughs) with phone calls and with text. Um, Availability, approachability is a superpower in leadership. I love, you mentioned Josh Etris. He does this really regularly where he just like has call hours where he posts his phone number and says, hey, call me. I'd love to talk about anything leadership. Bob Goff is another guy that comes to mind. He puts his cell phone number in like the back of all of his books, like his real cell phone number. People can just call him. It's crazy, but it's so cool and impactful to open the door and the opportunity to connect with other people. So take her up on it, people. I've learned a ton from Amanda. I know that you will too. Amanda, thank you for spending this time with us. You have an incredible heart for leadership and for people and for God. And I'm appreciative of you. And we'll, uh, we'll see you later. Thanks. I appreciate it. Have a great one. Sheesh, Amanda coming in with maybe the best action step since I've started the podcast. Coming from someone who is an absolute leadership nerd. I've read all the books, listened to the podcast, attended the conferences, and the thing that has been by far the biggest catalyst for my growth is God's grace. I've never done anything like this before, but I feel led to give everyone listening an opportunity to do exactly what Amanda prescribed because I know how life-changing it can be. Whether you're a long-time believer or you've never had a personal relationship with God, repeat these words 
God, allow me to experience your grace this year. You go. All right. If you want to connect with Amanda, which I'd highly recommend that you do, I'll have her LinkedIn profile in the episode description, along with her cell number in case you're driving in the car or you're a mid rolling and you couldn't write it all down. If you want to know how to see more growth on your team at work this year than you've ever seen before, reach out to me in the episode description and I'd love to tell you more about Wildspark. Until next time, stay saucy, everybody.